Welcome all my fellow basket cases. I'm your host, Jackson Cords. And I'm your other host, Will Parrish, and we're just a couple of bros that love to talk hoops. All right, it's the first episode of Basket Cases, and today we're talking COVID bubbles. Now, what I mean by COVID bubbles is COVID gave us a bubble basketball in both the NBA and in college basketball. First, let's start with the NBA. So, Jax, give them a little background on how we got to this point. How do we get bubble basketball? So, when the, in the NBA. Start of course, with the NBA. of course. So, when the pandemic started, they didn't know. They didn't know what to do. So, they created a bubble. And then March, what was it? March 11th. March Rudy, 11th. Rudy Gobert test positive. That's, yeah. that's kind of where it catapults the NBA into their shutdown. Yeah. And other Utah ja- Jazz players started showing symptoms like Donovan Mitchell and like other players like that. So they started a bubble, which is like they have a life inside of this arena and there's places to eat, they're where they sleep and stuff like that. Right. So, so a bubble is an isolated area right. where they keep the like anybody – or everybody inside, right? Yeah. All right. I was making sure my our listeners know what you're talking about. When you yeah, talk about just a, a just a recap. Of just a, a recap of what a bubble is in the sports world. So yeah, this bubble. I see. I'm gonna take it. This bubble started in July and went all the way to October. There is 22 teams, and that that's probably the best basketball we'll see for a while is from those 22 teams in this bubble. And you see performances that you haven't seen before. T.J. Warren and Jamal Murray, those are the individual ones. Mm-hmm. A couple 50-point games. Dame Lillard also. But he, he does that regular season, bubble, postseason, that all the time. But then you saw teams come out of nowhere. Like the Phoenix Suns had an 8-0 run. We're competing for a playoff spot. And they were, to the last part of seeding games, they were right in the thick of things until they eventually got eliminated after going undefeated, which is sad. Devin Booker had a hell of a run. But then the Miami Heat, they went from being a bottom seed, I think they were a bottom seed, to a, the Eastern Conference representative in the finals. Like, they were led by Jimmy Butler, but then they also had pieces like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Bam Adebayo. Tell me what you what you saw from the Heat that you were just like, wow. Honestly, it's it shocked me because I never thought that the Heat would have made it as far as they did. Just considering all the good basketball players that rose during this like pandemic era. And so seeing them all working as like as one unit was really shocking to me. And they they went up against the king, LeBron James. And, I mean, even though they lost, I mean, it's still a, it was still a good fight for them to have. And, and it it brought up a lot of action for Tyler Hero. Like, he's, he's way more famous now. And I feel like just Heat in general, everyone wants to focus on them a little bit more this year. Yeah, Easter Commons is definitely focused on the Bucks, the 76ers, and now the Heat. Mm-hmm. I have more – of a liking for Jimmy Butler than I did before. I was like, oh, Jimmy Butler's this player that's very 
opinionated, very out there. But he brought the competitive spirit to the Heat, and that's what got him there. That's yeah. what got him there. Jimmy Butler was the heart and soul of that team, and he still is. But they took on his identity. Tough kid from Chicago. Grew up bouncing from house to house. Left on the, He was left on the street at 13. His mom kicked him out. He got picked up by or some family in the area. Like, picked him up and gave him a home or whatever. But you're just like, Jimmy Butler, this kid, this kid doesn't – he doesn't quit. Yeah, he's he's determined to get where he wants to go. Compared to everything else that he had happened in his life, he – this yeah, is nothing he, for it. He showed up. He showed up. He gave LeBron all he could. I haven't seen, I haven't seen that much energy out of Jimmy Butler in a while. It seemed like he belonged on that team. He definitely – Belong and because he was he he went to multiple different teams, but I haven't seen him do no. That as was well as he did. That was the best. That was the best version of Jimmy Butler we've seen. Yeah, and that's another individual performance that we didn't give enough credit to because you know he didn't have he didn't have a fifty point game, but he had like a thirty point triple double in game four mm-hmm. or game three, whatever which one they won. And you're just like Jimmy Butler might pull this off. Yeah, I. I think the Heat won the first game. Was uh, it, was like it? The, it was like the first two. It was one, one of the, the one, first, of, the one of the first two. But once they won, I was like, they they got a shot at this. They're they're hyped. They're ready for this. And that's what the that's what the bubble gave these players was a sense of hope. Yeah, it's a like, sense of like they got a chance. Sense at of doing something. Here. Hope that like some parts of life are still going to be normal. Yeah, and that's the fact that they got to play basketball mm-hmm. and that they got to be. Like competitive basketball, but is there negative and positive to this bubble? Of course, there. There's a negative and positive to everything. So, so I I'm more on I'm more on the negative side just because it's just risky to have a bunch of players still playing with the risk of getting corona. But on the other hand. I think it's great for business. I think it's great for entertaining people. But yeah, I don't know. I just think for the players' sake, I just think it could have I could it could have waited a little longer. And I totally get where you're coming from. But that's probably the best move Adam Silver could have done for the league itself is make the bubble. Yeah. Get ESPN to cover it. Mm-hmm. Cause they were at Disney, so Disney owns ESPN, so of course it made sense. It made sense. NBA views are up. ESPN's uh, channel traffic was definitely higher than it's probably been in a while. Yeah. And you you see players that you didn't see very much. Yeah, it's just they. It's just a weird time because you you would not expect like certain play like Jamal Murray. Per se, he was he was a very average player, average point guard for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, like and what I thought about Jamal Murray is that he was he was always a good scorer. It's just I don't know he could score. He didn't like have that. that umph, you know. He didn't have that that drive to go out and right. I was more shocked to see T.J. Warren, a pretty much lifer on the bench, like he always yeah. coming off the bench. Has a fifty point game and you're just like, hold on. Like this <laughs> bubble, on? this bubble just like rejuvenated careers all of a sudden. Yeah. Because now TJ Warren is 
known as a guy that can get you buckets when you need them. Jamal Murray is known as a bucket getter as well. Dame Lillard showed that he was still a bucket getter. Yeah, he's just he, he has no one to work with. That's the only issue. Right. Dame didn't have much help. And evidently, you can't stop LeBron. Bubble, no bubble. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's make it the probably the best player in the NBA. I mean, it's my yeah, opinion, but definitely. And what I was going back to the, you saw players that you didn't see. Dame Lillard plays on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. He plays in uh, Oregon. They're three hours behind us here in the East Coast. That's the first time any of us East Coasters really saw a good amount of Dane Lillard. And you're just like, this this kid's fantastic. Yeah. The passion he brings in the game, the competitive spirit, the just the way he plays the game, you're just like, how can you not love it? I guess you can't there's a I can see how you can not love it if you're on the other side of it, but <laughs> as a fan stand come from a fan standpoint. It's an all around basketball fan standpoint. You're just like Dane Lillard. He's Woo! it's Dame time. It's Dame time, and it, it captivated the nation. Everybody was like doing Dame time from their couch during the pandemic because it Dame was he was the real deal. He was the real Still deal. Is, but it's, so what were you gonna say? Uh, I was just gonna say. I mean, it's just the bubble and everything is just. Uh, I mean, it, it's just new to everyone. So, I mean, you could have different viewpoints on it here and there but i mean overall i think it was great for everyone to sit and watch something that they've never seen before and you know exactly. just just give them a little you know it's it's more important than we think it's just this entertainment right. source for basketball fans or just just anyone that that simply watches tv definitely it's when great all sports were shut down i didn't realize how big sports were a bit, like how big of a part of my life they were. They were a huge part. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So we just got that. We we're talking about the NBA bubble. Now let's we're gonna uh, switch over to the NCAA bubble this year. Yeah. The Indiana bubble. I'm very intrigued. I don't. It's a good idea, and I think they kind of took NBA's idea instead of having it in one place, they expand it to a whole state, which gives, still gives the feel like it's a. Turn it like a March Madness, but it's still considered a bubble. So like, there's some, there's some matchups I'm dying to see. Yeah, there's just a lot of teams that are. There's a lot of underdogs. Just so random. There's a lot of underdogs I think can go far. Yeah, like, it's just who's who's gonna mess up the bracket? Who's gonna see in destroy my, people's my everyday discussion? I just keep thinking. Ohio, Georgetown, Rutgers at a 10 seed is very dangerous. Yeah. Maryland at a 10 seed it plays very good defense. Because Rutgers from Ron Harper Jr., he's – he's Ron Harper Jr., Geo Baker. He's underrated just because he, he scores like 20 – he subtly scores 20 points a game, but every – but he lo- they lose games. Right, and they have a, another guy. I don't know what his name is. I'll find that out later. But he was a big-time factor in – the Big Ten tournament was it? Uh, was he kind of a lengthy fellow? Yeah, yeah. I don't know his name, but I know I know who you're talking about. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think Jacob Young, Jacob, Jacob Young, Jacob Young, Jacob Young was also a big time factor for Rutgers, and they're 
I don't think it was the Big Ten tournament, but it definitely was the end of the season games. Mm-hmm. I was watching one of them. I think it was against Wisconsin or Iowa or something like that. And this kid was very aggressive. Getting to the free throw line every possession or every other possession. Like this kid's trying to this kid's trying to win a game here. But yeah, Rutgers is dangerous. I really like Georgetown. Georgetown. Yeah, Georgetown. Patrick Ewing has momentum. Patrick Ewing has them playing fantastic right now. They just blew out Creighton. Yeah. Creighton's a five seed. <laughs> Creighton's Creighton's pretty good. Creighton is good. But I don't think enough people are talking about Ohio. I I don't know much about Ohio, so I and I uh, tell you there. Yeah, but I think this just the just how these random teams got into March Madness. I think it all starts from maybe even last year's March Madness, where there was no tournament. There. I mean, that's when you really knew the pandemic started was when there was no March Madness tournament. Right. And there was, yeah, there's not one last year. So they're like, oh, we got to work even harder to get to this one. Yeah. They, other teams stepped up because they knew what to do. Especially the teams that were like, oh, we're going to be in the tournament last year. And then they don't get it. It's like, you got to work even harder to get back to that point. Because there's a lot of great players that left their teams that it was just a waste. I don't think enough people are talking about Kentucky and Duke not making it. Yeah, they the one and done schools took a beating this year. Yeah, they really have to regather themselves and I think Kentucky got the worst of it because they're one and done school. Everybody that goes there that's good will be there for a year and then leave. They also got a lot of transfers and with no summer camp, no summer practices or no team chemistry whatsoever. Yeah. It was just with those transfers. Same thing with Duke, but Duke returned a few pieces where you could probably salvage that, which Coach K almost salvaged the season there. He almost got into a tournament. Mm-hmm. They were on the by running ahead. by running it through the ACC, but then one player gets COVID, they're done. So yeah, it's definitely it's a different feel this year. It really is. Like you look at your bracket, right, and you you look at the first round picks, and, and you, you question like. Who some of these teams even are? Like you have to do your research. Yeah, there's a you lot. Actually, have to put in time for your bracket this year. Yeah, there's a lot to. of there's a lot of first timers this year. Like, yeah. uh, Mount St. Mary's, who's mm-hmm. gonna. I mean, know, Texas Southern and Texas yeah. Southern is not a normal. That I know, but Texas Southern isn't. Aren't they playing Mount St. Mary's? Right, exactly. And if Mount St. Mary wins that, like, I don't know who to pick. That yeah, see, those 16 <laughs> seeds are hard. The playing games are hard to pick because you don't know any of the teams. Yeah, the one. Six, the one playing game that you probably can pick, and it'd probably be fairly accurate, is probably Michigan State UCLA. And it's because those are big time programs that just had a down year. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I think Michigan State got a shot of that. I think that I've watched maybe two UCLA games, so I don't know much, but I don't think UCLA has what Michigan State has, and that is a defense great that's yeah a great defense and a solid transition offense that i don't think they can recover from because that's what beat them up last year exactly and i think they could do it again pretty easily for ucla to win that game they'd have to play fantastic defense yeah and their offense would all have to click like it usually does and you can with ucla you usually don't get both of those Mm -hmm. it's either you drop 90 and 
the other team scores 90 to 95 or like 85 to 95. Yeah, it's a really high scoring game. Or you're going to lose by like 20. I don't think Michigan State's going to win by 20. I just think that's kind of like the feel of it is that if UCLA doesn't get buckets early and get a few stops early, that they'll be in trouble. Yeah, it'll be dangerous. Because Michigan State can get Michigan State can get stops. It's the fact that they they got to establish an inside game on their offensive end. And my prediction is that Michigan State wins by I'm gonna say four. I think Michigan State will win by ten. And I I think this just because Michigan State's beat Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan. I think those three top five teams, they're like Michigan overall is a is I could say, from my opinion, is the best team in March Madness right now, or in college hoops in general. They have the most solid teammate chemistry I've seen out of any team. And, and Michigan State beat them even though Yeah. Even though it was the last game, didn't mean much for them. But I mean it just it just helps us get in the tournament. Right. And with Michigan's team chemistry, they don't have Isaiah Lovers, but they were still in, they're still in that Ohio State game without him, which is big. Yeah. Considering that you can lose a star piece and still be very competitive and coming close to winning a, top, a game against a tough Ohio State team. I mean, Washington played, played fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's always been playing fantastic if, uh, lately. If Ohio State wins the conference championship, I would not be surprised to see him as tournament MVP because he, he – that he got them there. Yeah, he really did. Like people want to say, oh, Liddell was a big part. Yeah, Liddell had twenty, a couple of twenty point games, but mm-hmm. Dwayne Washington made the big shots. He he was on the ESPN. He was on the yeah best player. He was on the full player stats. He was the number one guy. So. Exactly. So he big time performance by Dwayne Washington. As a Michigan fan, I hate to see that from a Buckeye, <laughs> but you know it it happens. And. So, yeah, more about the NCAA bubble. They're playing at different arenas in the state of Indiana, including some games at Lucas Oil where the Colts play, which is very, very intriguing. It's a very interesting uh, outcome. See, I think with that, that's where the conference tournament for the Big Ten was. They just they just put a curtain that splits it at, like, the 50, I think, and have, one half is in one court, the other half is in another court, and they just play that way. I think it's a very interesting concept. But then I also like the idea of playing at the different college arenas in the state and also at where the Pacers play. So right now the venues are Mackey, which is on Purdue's campus, uh, Assembly Hall, which is Indiana's campus, uh, Indiana Farmers Fieldhouse, or Coliseum, I think it's called, is IUPUI. Don't even know what that stands for, but <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. Uh, they're playing at Hingle Fieldhouse. Beautiful venue on campus of Butler. That's going to – those schools are going to get recognition, especially IUPUI hosting a game. Yeah, people are going to see these arenas that maybe they're going to be like, oh, this Exactly. So it's a good opportunity. It's also good for the state of Indiana. Get mm-hmm. some exposure. Yeah. Because when you think Indiana, it's like, oh, it's Midwest. It's cold. It's Indiana. Like, it's in, what's it's in Indiana? In, uh, basketball. That's pretty much it. <laughs> well, now they up the brand. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's. I feel like it's going to be a lot like the NBA bubbles where the players see each other so often in their every in their lives, like in their everyday life. 
it's well, gonna yeah. be it's gonna be an interesting because you're gonna see the team, but the only difference is before you play them, right? More often, exactly. Like, you're gonna be able to build that tension up and maybe bring it on the court, maybe with a little bit more aggression. Yeah, it might bring some more juice to the games. Yeah, which is it's very it's very hard to come by right now with limited fans. That's how yeah. you're gonna find ways to bring the juice. So. The only difference from the NBA bubble to this bubble is that you see those guys and you see them like every day because you're playing multiple game series. Mm-hmm. With the March Madness bubble, you beat them, they're out of there. So you wave yeah. them goodbye out the door, kicking them out the door. <laughs> but it's like, that's just how the cookie crumbles. That's how it ha- that's what happens. Yeah, you know, it's not no two game elimination. It's this is the real deal. So yeah, you gotta. Is, exactly. Which is. It's so it probably gives a, it's a very similar feel. Yeah, definitely. But I just like how it's like, oh, it's the same as a tournament because you're playing at different venues, but it's also bubble feel. It's a little bit best of both worlds, really. Yeah, I agree. But do you? Who do you think will win March Madness? I just for the viewers' sake. <laughs> See, as a Michigan fan, I want to say Michigan. I don't think I think Michigan will make it far. I just don't think they quite have the juice to win that championship. Now, would I be I'd be ecstatic if they did and I think that they can. I just don't think they will. It, but it all depends on when they get Isaiah Livers back. Yeah. But I I like see I think uh Oklahoma State's a dark horse. Mm-hmm. K Cunningham, he's playing fantastic right now. I also like Gonzaga of course. Gonzaga's a good team. And then Iowa's another one that's getting overlooked. They're a two seed, but like they're kind of a disrespected two seed. I don't know. I think they they deserve a two seed spot. There's right. No... I don't. I don't think they should be higher than a two seed. I just think that as a two seed, you should be kind of in the same tier as the bottom two one seeds. Yeah, they don't. They the only issue... like you're a border. You're a borderline one seed, pretty much. Yeah. The only issue I have with Iowa is they just don't run. I don't feel like they run great offense. They only run it through Luca. Luca Garza can pitch it out. I mean, he can do it all. I mean, it's Luca Garza. But. Yeah, Luca Garza is a good player. I just don't. It's just, he needs to be more efficient. Is what I, I that's what I've been saying all year. He is a good player, but he gets thirty. He's got to stop forcing shots that he might. Yeah, he, he gets thirty points, but he also takes twenty shots. He's got to give more looks to his other players because his other players are very good. Yeah, and Jordan they have, what like maybe ten point games right. when they can get. 30 points easy. Right. I think Jordan Bohannon's a big part of that. The point guard, definitely. Mm-hmm. And if they have Wieskamp, I think Wieskamp's a big factor too. I think Wieskamp's better than Bohannon. Wieskamp is definitely better than Bohannon because he's a good shooter and he's he tall. Can, he drives. He more – Bohannon, he doesn't He doesn't really assert his See, Bohannon reminds me – Bohannon reminds me a lot of uh, Chris Paul. Is that he's not known to be a scorer, he's more of a passer, more of a playmaker. But he can get you 20 points. Yeah. Which Chris Paul has proven that he can get you 20 points. Day in and day out. He just some games it just doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I think Iowa overall, they'll probably they'll probably get to the sweet 16, maybe a little bit, maybe Elite Eight. We'll see. But yeah, but again, you can't you never really know until you get to no. like until you get a couple rounds in the tournament, and you're like, oh, this team's playing fantastic right now. They have a good shot. They're simply just underdogs in this tournament that'll 
That'll just shock you either way. That yeah. you would have never picked to beat the other team. So yeah, that's what we like about. That's why you that's, win a million dollars if you get a perfect. That's race. why everybody. That's why everybody says it's March. That's why. Yeah, that's why. All right, we're gonna kick it to our sponsors at Canada Dry, the official drink of basket cases. And we got Canada Joe over here. Yo, I'm Canada Joe. If you haven't tried our Canada Dry Cranberry Ginger Ale, you got to try it now. We've been making it since 1904. Consistency. Yes. And uh, I think it's simply great, you know, for mixing drinks. You know, just uh, taking a sip of a nice old Canada Dry Cranberry Ginger Ale on a hot summer night. You know, it's just a... It's a quality beverage overall. And, uh, you know, nutrition facts, you know, you got. Hey, nobody wants to hear those. Yeah, your sodium. <laughs> nobody wants to hear those, Joe. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a quality drink. You know, I'm, a C- I'm the CEO of Canada Dry, so. I mean, I'm making millions. Why not drink it? <laughs> that's that's it. That's to Canada it. Dry. All right, thank you, Canada Joe. That will end our yeah, first. thank you, Canada Joe. That was great. <laughs> And that's going to conclude our first episode of Basket Cases. I hope you guys have a great day. Tune in to our next episode sometime soon. I'm Will Parrish. I'm Jackson Cords, and thanks for listening.